And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Outoflimitsradio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. So, how are you doing? Same stuff, different day in some places of the world. I don't like this lockdown stuff. I don't like being told what to do. As a matter of fact, I don't listen to what these people say, these supposed leaders. Stay inside. Do this. Do that. I don't listen. I don't care. I'm a sovereign being. I do whatever the hell I want. I do not impose my will upon other people. I do not try to harm anyone. But I will not be told by these sociopathic losers what to do. And I can't wait to see more of the world stand up to this bullshit. And I think it's happening right now. I think it's really good. And our featured guest is going to talk about that. Before we begin, I just want to bring to your attention that I tried something a little weird. I stood in front of the mirror and I started drinking. I wanted to see how many drinks it would take me to find myself attractive. Well, after the seventh beer, I started getting somewhere, and it was about the eighth that I was like, ah, you know what, if I was the only person at the bar, if I was the last person at the bar, I'd probably take me home by then, but I didn't want to go beyond eight, but uh, that's what we're doing right now, folks. That is what's going on. When you have these little pissant sociopaths trying to tell you what to do. You find yourself certain periods and times because the restaurants are closed. So you stand in front of a mirror and you see how many beers it takes for you to find yourself attractive. That's where we are. That We, we got to stand up. We got to turn stuff around right away. And let's bring on our future guest to see how we can do that. Welcoming to the program is Mr. Julian Rose. He is a writer, organic farmer, intellectual activist, international activist, holistic practitioner, practitioner and teacher. Two of Julian's books, Creative Solutions to World in Crisis and Overcoming the Robotic Mind, Why Humanity Must Come Through, are very relevant right now. More about Julian by going to his website at julianrose.info. Mr. Rose, welcome to our show. Yep, thanks very much. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to have you with us. I read an article of yours on Activist Post, which is a great site, activistpost.com, about puppet dictators playing the COVID card too far. So I don't know what you are seeing, but in the U.S., I have to say I'm seeing a lot more hopeful. I'm a lot more hopeful and a lot more hopeful because I think people have had enough. They're being pushed too far. They've had their lives overturned too much. And I wonder if that was against the design of the controllers, that they were just trying to get people to be accustomed to this. But as it gone awry, what is your perspective on this? Well, I certainly am glad to hear you say that. That is the information we're all waiting to hear, that someone's been pushed, that a lot of people have been pushed too far. 
And that is why I call the, call the article under that title, Puppet Dictators Play a COVID Card Too Far, because my take is this, that they've been following uh, behavior patterns for a very long time. We know that, you know, centuries even. And they've noticed that people are very uh, passive and they've noted they're very distracted and then they've noted they're very narcissistic concerned only with ourselves and all the rest of it. So they must have sat around thinking, look, these people, you can, we can do anything. We can do absolutely anything now. And they will obey uh, and they will go along with it. And uh, if we push the fear factor into the mix too, then they'll be even more compliant. And for instance, if we suggest we're going to vaccinate everybody, it'll scare the hell out of them and it'll make them even easier to control. But I did have this feeling, particularly this year, that there's another element that's involved in all this, actually, another dimension. I touch on that in the article, really like a fourth dimensional input, which is a more universal and fourth dimensional way of thinking. You might even call it lateral thinking, to put it very simply. And on that level, you know, there are more and more people waking up and those people can see what's going on and they can see how they're being completely screwed and used and they are also the people that are likely to lead the charge when it comes to taking very serious recourse okay i've got a couple questions for you with regards to this fourth dimension this type of thinking is it do you foresee it or perceive it more as people are no longer looking at the controls that have been pushed upon them do you see that as more along the lines of okay well they're just becoming more awakened to their nature they're becoming more spiritual or they're allowing more of their spirit within their human body is that what is that is it more of a you know metaphysical spiritual type process like that in your perspective yes that's that's right ryan i think i think it definitely is that but i'm not saying that people necessarily have been following that particular path for a long time I'm saying that people who are just honest, straightforward, thoughtful, and humanitarian are getting a sort of extra boost, that there seems to be some level of energy coming into this equation, which is opening their eyes further and rather fast. Then there is the other level of people who, of course, have been long time spiritually very active, etc. Uh, they have been aware pretty much for a very long time exactly what's going on, but their numbers are pretty small. And most of them tend to be more meditators, you know, they're, they're inward looking, not outward action orientated. Now I've, in my life, um, I've discovered that these, are, that's two parts of one whole. And where we've made the mistake in the past of thinking is either looking inward or it's being an activist, but not both. And where the difference is arriving now is that it's both. And when those two come together, we have very serious power. I would love to see more of it, see people having greater power. A gentleman who I followed, I think he's a really interesting philosopher, Larkin, his name is the whole Larkin Rose. He says that the, the final battle between freedom and tyranny is not going to be something spectacular. It's not going to be anything like Hollywood. It's going to be a series of people just turning away and no longer becoming uh, comfortable with the idea of giving the, uh, the belief in authority. They're just going to walk away. It's going to be very slow. It's going to be kind of a, you know, a wishy-washy kind of ending. Well, how do you foresee it? Do you think it's going to be some kind of big epic battle 
where the people are going to have to stand up and fight. It's going to be like Hollywood, you know, esque, or is it going to be something simple <laughs> where we just we just say, well, you know, what? no, we're not giving you any more power? Because if you look in the U.S., there have been a couple sheriffs in various states that are no longer going to enforce these psychotic laws that these control freaks came up with. Like, no, it's not constitutional. We're not going to enforce it any longer. That's it. And once these control freaks lose their muscle, they did nothing. So how do you perceive it? Well, actually, I like what you said to start with. I, th I think it's um, the phrase is we do not consent. Uh, it is turning away. I think this is an accurate description. I mean, there might be some forward type battling as well. Who knows what, what the mix might not involve. But the turning away and uh, we do not consent factor is, I think, the first, the first line of this particular battle, because we haven't had the courage necessarily, or the numbers, or the sense of purpose, passion possibly even, which is rising up at this moment before. Uh, I would give an example of, for instance, the 5G issue. Uh, this is talking, you know, we're talking about radiation of microwaves, and the fact that, that none of the authorities, at least in Europe, uh, appear to have any control at all over where the masks are put. You ask, you'll tell your local authority, look, we, we, no, we don't want it, thanks. And they say, well, we don't have any authority to say yes or no. The telecoms, oh, they come in and they just do it. And that's it, you know. But we, we do, of course, we're interested in the levels and whether the levels are complying with the INCPR and all the rest of it. So in that particular line, there are a lot of people moving forward now and saying, we do not consent. We are not going to ally. We are going to take back control of our destinies at the regional and local level. We don't want those things outside our houses. Now, vaccinations is also going to be very much in the news. I think you'll find there's going to be a massive pushback there very, very soon. And I really hope so, because, you know, what? Bill Gates is all about. I don't understand why Bill Gates even came out. Cause I, I don't know if, how you feel about him, but he, he's not a doctor. And he's telling the world, he's like, well, we can't do this until we all get vaccinated. I'm like, who do you think you are? Who are you to have any credibility? I mean, yeah, he's the guy that, you know, revolutionized personal computing. But does anyone use Internet Explorer? No. Why? Oh, because they're, you know, succumb to viruses. You know, he created various versions of Windows that are awful. He can't even keep viruses out of his own software. Now he wants to be responsible for forcing us to have vaccinations. And the fact that he put something on Twitter the other day, and he was inviscerated by so many people. I saw that as a very hopeful thing. I love that people came out and attacked him, went crazy after him. Yeah, they're yeah. doing this mainstream push for him, saying he's a good guy and he's doing Ellen. He's on that show, Ellen, and people are going after her and they're going after him. So there's a little hope there, I see. I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's it. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the World Health Organization and Bill Gates and, and some Rothschilds between them, you know, these people have, are going to, I think, be appearing fairly soon on a sort of international criminal court, because it, it is so extreme what they've been getting away with. It's so extreme that, that, that I think it's only a question when the right legal team comes together, they will be in the dock. I don't think there's much doubt about it. And it's getting close. It could be any day now. Well, with all these elites that are controlling the planet, the people who are like behind the scenes, I wonder if they're going to kind of offer some sacrificial lambs, take some high-profile people in there that they're represented that they were once considered really good and throw them to the masses and the masses, let the masses kind of have their, 
their um, guillotine moment in order to protect them. Do you foresee that happening? Do you think that the elites will, will, will do whatever they can to, to stay alive, to stay in power, even if it means sacrificing some of their high-profile individuals? Because I don't know, I don't know where humanity is heading right now. I, I have to say that I'm, I am more helpful, hopeful, to see anger build. I know people would say, "Well, why would you see that would be as hopeful?" Well, if anger is building and people are no longer taking it, it means that they're not going to go out on their knees like I originally thought they would. I think maybe they're going to go out on their feet. Maybe they're going to take a stand, and I think that's a really great thing to, to see. Well, that is, of course, the uh, $10,000 question. What on earth these people are going to do once they see the chips are down and they're going to be exposed? I mean, <clears throat> I do hear that they all have underground luxury headquarters waiting for them and all that sort of thing. But surely lot, enough people know where they are for never to be able to get out again if that was the case. They might even... I wouldn't put it past some of them to, to, to believe they can go off onto some other planet, you know. However, I think in the likely scenario is that they will try and buy their way out of trouble and they will work very hard at pouring billions into particular coffers that, that will claim that they're going to be defended at the highest levels in courts and all the rest of it, and it'll all be fixed, of course, in advance. But once that fails, and I think this is, is going to speed up, I think these sort of people are going to find themselves deflated. And this again comes back to the fourth dimensional issue. If you go so against nature in your own being that you block out your own, so to speak, human DNA, when I think these people are very close to that. Eventually, nature rebels, not just people, nature itself rebels, and we are part of nature. And they will literally succumb, maybe to the very virus that they've been trying to get everyone else to succumb to. Hopefully, it'll turn that way. But one of the things I noted in your article, I, I thought this was pretty cool, you said not only on the Earth plane, are we being subjected to deep challenge, but on a cosmic level, we are also being taunted, ever more taunted to wake up. Where is this taunting coming from? Do you think that Earth is just one of many planets out there that has got to go through its own, you know, growing up period? Who would be taunting us? Who would be taunting humanity to wake up? Well, now you're, you're touching on a very deep level here. And of course, I was indeed stating that in the article. What I was saying is the law of unintended consequences is, the, in the, is not actually a law of unintended consequences. It's a law of intended consequences. So when you get something as extreme as this current uh, three billion people uh, house arrest lockdown and all the horrors that go with it and people in a state of fear, it isn't necessarily pure evil manifesting which is going to destroy us it could be part of the divine leela master plan that having noticed our divine creator if you like our creator the source may have noticed that people never seem to act until they're pushed right up against the wall and maybe this is the play at this particular point in time to get past the critical mass factor you know the hundredth monkey and all that uh, maybe it does and it will literally take that. And therefore, we can see that there is a cosmic element even in the nasty side. You could say playing the dark card on humanity 
might force humanity to see the light. I hope it does see the light. And from your perspective, just curious, I'm looking for hope, Julian. I'm really trying to find hope. Some people I talk with, they don't have any hope. I, and I don't have a lot of hope, but I'm starting to see a little bit more of it by, by seeing that, like, at least the resistance, at least people resisting. And when I see people resisting, I see people asserting their freedoms, I, I start to get hope. So what do you think needs to happen in order for people, for that hope to, to rise exponentially? What do you think are some things that would need to happen that would galvanize hope in humanity, that would galvanize people to say, look, you know, we want to live this particular way. We don't want to live in the dark ages. There's no reason for us to go this way. What would you say would be uh, something that would increase that dramatically? Ah, well, as we were just saying, that, that I think there's two ways that this happens. One is through calamity, catastrophe, and that wakes people up. I mean, people experience on a personal level uh, a great hardship, and they come out of that hardship or great suffering under, with disease of some sort. And many come out of that as a new person in a certain respect. They are humbled or they're given some form of extra hope because they've lived when they thought they were going to die. If you imagine that happening on a more collective level, because of the nature of the process of change which are, we're going through on the planet and also probably in the galaxy, if you looked at it on a collective level, you could say we're all going through this process, this metamorphosis. We're, we're dropping off baggage as we stand. We're opening up to what seems to be the impossible. We're getting rid of things which we thought were absolutely essential to our daily life. Bad habits, <laughs> come on, you know, we've all got hundreds of them. So we're, we're gonna drop them and we're not gonna, for instance, spend all day playing around with mobile phones on social media and all that. Uh, Non-stop with that. <laughs> you know? So it goes on, uh, but I can't predict exactly when. All I can do is tell you intuitively, and I read a lot and I, I, I watch what's going on, Intuitively, I feel there is big hope at this particular point in time, and that as long as people are kind and good to each other, you know, as long as we don't cut each other off, as long as we don't succumb to the famous divide and conquer plan, which the cabal is pushing on us, as long as we overcome fear, if we can do those two things, go on being humanitarian and kind to each other and overcome fear, the change will take place. Julian, let's say, for example, you have been appointed the head of the cabal, and yeah. your goal is to enslave humanity. So I've got two questions. <laughs> yeah. What would be three things that you would be doing in order to ensure that humanity is enslaved and ensure that this plan comes to fruition? And from your perspective, what would you say would be three things that would you'd be afraid of? What, do you think the cabal has any things that they fear? And what would they be on the lookout looking for? What would they fear? Well, I'll do the first one first. Um, they're, they're incredibly clever. I, I don't mean to say they are, but there's some hidden conductor, as I said in my article, you know, who is behind the orchestra pit in a very dark place. And that, that person, those people, they're working with the dark side. They are working, they're, they're working with satanic forces. They're, they're Masonic, they're Masons and things like this, you know. They're into paedophilia, they're into child sacrificing, they're into the worst and most horrific things that one can imagine, just as certain other people on this planet are into the best and most wonderful and light things that can ever happen. There's always these two sides within the universe and within the divine leader. Those two sides exist. 
there isn't really good and evil quite literally. There's two sides. One is the opposite of the other. So what that what they would do, I think, to try and uh, cap this off would undoubt, would be something very similar to what's happening at this very moment in time. They would try and say there's a massive pandemic and a virus and we, we've got to deal with it. And we're going to chip you and we're going to give you a vaccine containing some pretty nasty things which are going to be linked up with 5G. And you're going to watch everything you do and we're going to have really enjoy watching you slowly die. You know, that's the sort of plan. Oh, heavens, there are 101 different possibilities, but it's a pretty powerful one. Now, what would they be afraid of? That's more clear, actually. Since they are non empathetic, they do not feel love, they do not feel joy, they do not recognize beauty, they do not feel compassion. Now, that is an incredible thing in its own right, which people can't actually believe, but I do believe that's correct. Or if they do experience those things, they experience them at an absolute minimum, which is why they're so interested in control. They're interested in ultimate outer power, whereas we, humanity, are interested in developing our full potential of inner power. We're interested in the opposite things. They're interested in possession, and we're interested in being the spiritual, beautiful people. So that is what would scare them. If they start seeing that their dark side stuff is not having the effect that they assume it will have, they will be scared. Where does the dark side come from? I mean, what is the origin of that in terms of uh... Does, it, does that dark force exist on other planets, or is it just in the cornerstone of humanity? Like, what kind of where did where does the the origin of that darkness? Because I, I, I we always try to find the origin of love and light, and just about everyone we've talked with that have had that's had a near death experience, they say they, they go to a place and it's always peaceful. Even people, I guess, have gone to hell eventually saw some kind of light at the end. So, uh, my perspective, based on the people we've interviewed, is that uh, infinite love and infinite light that is. That is the universe's default origin. Apparently, that is the only truth within the universe. So I'm curious where the origin of the darkness of the the evil does come from, and how deep does it go? Does it does it does it go all the way at the top at the deepest level of consciousness, or does it kind of end beyond like a dimension outside of humanity? Is it only a human perception? Is it only human nature, animalistic nature that is evil? What is your perception? Well. It's John Lamb Lash writes very well about this, of course, um, and so do various other people who have looked into the uh, the times when there was some um, pagan rituals. Uh, then they were taken over by uh, Judeo-Christian lifestyles and so on into the into the world of religion, and where you possibly find some sort of clue about how the evil factor started uh, taking a controlling influence on the planet is where man started uh, feeling that, that his relationship or mankind's relationship with nature was it was not actually significant but the exploitation of nature for a third way of doing things or let's say a a different way of doing things became the norm. And instead of living and working peacefully and lovingly with nature and the joy that that has both ways, 
we started thinking that nature's there to support us. Now, if you think about that, if the audience thinks about that, they will realize that all the exploitative factors that we know from the Industrial Revolution forward, so to speak, and into this time, have accentuated ever more that particular phenomena until you get to the point where the machine starts dictating to you rather than you to the machine. And there, you know, you have the singularity and the idea that we are going to have computers attached to our brains, and that's going to be how we achieve our full godliness. But if you follow that thread, you can see how it wasn't literally, oh, evil in the nasty, dark, horrible sense of it, like you know, depicted with devils. It was just losing the way that started the whole thing going. And the problem was we didn't get back to the right way. We are still on that losing the way road, but we're being forced now to recognize that it is not the right road for the evolution of humanity. And we have to rediscover the one that is. Julian Rose, I want to thank you for being with us today and for sharing your wisdom for hopefully getting humanity on that right path, because that's the that's what we'd love to do. Love to see us getting on a path of peace. Mr. Rose, again, is a writer, organic farmer, international activist, holistic practitioner, and teacher, author of multiple books. We learn more about him by going to his website at julianrose.info. Mr. Rose, thank you so much. Not at all. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our incredible guest, Mr. Julian Rose. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and Ms. Lisa McGarity. And special thanks as well to Jenny Lamessa, who does an incredible job running our Instagram. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.